Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. Oh, Mega Van Basel's our quiz master. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, I, I had heard about it. I had heard about it. And me being the super Bowls man I am, I brought a Bowls jersey with me and gave it to him. Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball. All right, it is uh, 10 minutes past eight this morning. I'm delighted to say Seamus Hickey is with us. Seamus, congratulations on being from Limerick because, uh, you know, you guys are kings of the world. Listen, it's, uh, it, it's, it's hard to believe. It's, it's incredible to believe uh, four in a row uh, it has actually happened in Limerick. It's, uh, it's bananas. And to hear the likes of Tommy Walsh talking about it and the likes of the Kilkenny players that have had eight All-Irelands, it's, ju- it's just it's wild to think that... Limerick are in the same conversation. Just considering what we've endured, what we endured in the 90s with such incredible teams, like really, really talented teams, couldn't do it. Uh, we had a go in the 2000s and, and, and the, I suppose the teens, but like this team, they're just, they're just phenomenal. Like, and then I, I just, I was, I was standing there with my hands on my head at the, at the full time whistle yesterday, just really, really taking it in and just trying to appreciate how lucky we are to be represented by the, the group of the group of men and, and women in the Limerick setup. Um, they're just they're, they're, an, they're an exceptional bunch, and uh, you're just in, just incredibly proud. Of them. It's um it's funny, but generally when any sporting team or person exerts such dominance over their rivals, there's like a brooding sense of oh we're sick of this. But actually, I don't really feel that from the general public yet. I mean, I'm sure. Tip fans maybe might feel a little bit different. Some Clare fans and some, but even the Kilkenny fans was like, I, what, like, what are we? Yeah, we didn't nearly beat them. We weren't, we weren't like it wasn't like something happened. They were like, oh, we're so close to them. It was just, it, there was an and there was a big Kilkenny crowd who stayed, particularly on the hill, to watch the presentation, which is unusual. I think. I mean, I don't remember it, but there's just this kind of everybody wants to soak in the level of achievement and greatness we're seeing. It's, so that was that was a credit to the performance. The second half performance yesterday was was worldly. It was it was incredible. And then obviously the the huge crowd that stayed around. It was history. It was history for like the only there's only three teams that have done this to win four in a row, and one of them was in the forties. So you know that you're talking about that incredible Kilkenny team from 06 to 09 and, and what it took to stop them in, to, in 2010 from Tipperary was, you know, arguably the greatest All-Ireland final that we've ever seen. So, you know, Limerick are now in that conversation. And, and I think it was respect for the performance. It was respect for the history that probably brought that about. Like, I've, I, I, you know, I've followed the, the the media cycle for the last couple of years around this Limerick team. There's fatigue. I, I, I there's no doubt about that. Like uh, I know that people would 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 prefer uh, you know something different and change is good in in sport. You know for for supporters like ourselves, we're, we're really just trying to appreciate it while it lasts. But I really do think that it was it was the performance. It was the second half uh, and just the sheer the sheer class of it that uh, you know it's it's exceptionally difficult to do anything. But sit back and appreciate the, the quality uh, and the skill and and the mental fortitude to be six points down in the first half and to produce what they did in the second half. Um, it, it, it's right. I, I think it's only right that you you sit back and you you applaud that. Could you have possibly foreseen this, Seamus, in the in a couple of years before, say, twenty eighteen? Because I was chatting to Eamon Cregan last week and he referenced the lift in the Treaty Academy that was set up, the Mary I win in twenty sixteen, the first ever Mary I Mary I Skipping Cup win. 
and at that point I think Eamon Cregan did an interview in 2016 where he said it's an absolute disgrace the gap between 73 and then could you could you have seen this around the corner like I know these players that the Lynches and the uh, Hayes were coming around the corner but did you ever think this would come about so I don't know anybody who could possibly have predicted this level of dominance because so as good as as good as the team was and in 2018 I knew that there was something incredible brewing in Emory so we had this exceptional talent pipeline uh, we had just had Kyle Hayes had come into the panel at just at 18 years of age had come in from a, an All-Ireland minor win winning All-Ireland minor, minor titles was still brand new to us like uh, in Limerick that the the lifting Limerick strategy headed by Joe McKenna was starting to bear fruit underage and okay, okay great there's, there's there's green shoots coming um, and when we won in 18, I said, you know, it's going to be impossible to stop this team. And when I re- so I retired in at the end of 18, fully aware uh, that I was, you know, I, I was sitting out on Ireland um, with this team that was there. And it's a, it's a combination of the exceptional talent, Paul Kinnerk, uh, and you know, Keen mentioned him in his in his speech yesterday. He's just his hurling knowledge, his 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 training, um, his ability to convey. You know, just just the the importance of discipline, structure, shape, and how they how he wanted the, the, the game played, and then the strengths of the players then were able to execute it. John Kiley's ability to to just I suppose to lead the ship, be an incredible figurehead, uh, make good decisions, uh, and trust the players. You know, it, it's a it's a whole package. Um, and I mentioned this I mentioned this over the weekend that continuity. And I suppose you know it, it's it can't be taken for granted. The, the 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 I suppose the commitment and the effort that's required to sustain this. And you saw it with Jim Gavin in, in Dublin. You know the the personal sacrifice you have to make to lead. You know this a group and and, and as special as the group is, it it's uh, it doesn't lessen the the burden. Um, and that's what Limerick have had. And to say that you could have foreseen this, I couldn't have foreseen four in a row, no way, because the standard the standard of hurling I felt was was on the up uh, in 2018. I thought there was far more competitors. Uh, I thought there was far more teams coming. Clare, particularly, uh, Cork were you know they really looked like they were coming in 2021. Uh, tip after you know after a great start this year, I thought with Liam Cahill were were going to be in the shake up, uh, and Kilkenny or Kilkenny. So uh, I, I couldn't have seen this dominance and. Uh, it's it's a it's it's an incredible reflection on the Limerick team that they've just found a way every single every single time. The semi-final and final victories uh, over the last couple of years. Um, I said last year's final, obviously, it ends up quite close, but it did feel like Limerick were certainly the better team on the day. And um, uh, the the difference between the Croke Park games and the Munster games is it feels quite pronounced. Uh, certainly, some Munster hurling people that I was talking to last night were like once they get out of Munster next year that, that's all they need to look after from this point forward because that is such a dogfight so then this is and I think you know you mentioned it just before the break as well like so to to get to a Munster final means you get a break uh, you get two weeks to prepare for a Munster final then you come out of the Munster final if you win the Munster final you get three weeks to prepare for an all semi-final uh, otherwise otherwise it's the turnaround of two weeks to a quarter final but in the Munster Championship, it's week on week with a break week thrown in there in the middle, and it's it's exceptionally tough to to like the the Limerick Clare game in the Gaelic grounds was an evening game. Uh, it was 
for Clare, it was six days after they played Tipperary in Ennis. Um, for Limerick, it was an absolute dogfight against one of their you know, one of the most fiercest rivals over the last four years. Um, and to recover from that then again in a, in a six or seven day span uh, and play another team, uh, it's just a really difficult thing to do. Uh, and the, the Monster Championship is, you know, and, and there has been a little bit of eye rolling and the romanticizing of, of the Monster Championship, but it's just it's just that difficult. When Kenny won their four in a row, it was sometimes it was a sleepwalk through through the Leinster Championship, and and it was a peak for uh, the All Ireland series of a semi final and final. If you can get to the semi final, and I thought, and that's what I was really unsure about this year with Limerick was the road that they'd have to go, whether it would be a qualifier route, whether it be you know a, a qualifying route. They just benefit. They benefit from being together longer. They benefit as a team for gelling in terms of game plans and planning that the, the time that the extra time they're able to give it for the semi-final for the final uh, and then more in the tank uh, so it, it's it, it means a lot when you get to that that the latter stages and you just have a breathe a bit of breathing space uh, so and that makes a huge difference i think Ian Lynch referenced the the, the squad of 37 in his speech uh, yesterday Seamus and when you look at it, like if you'd said before the game Hegarty would have a quiet enough game by his standards like Gillan as well Flanagan Compared to what we're used to seeing them perform at, and then this is a team without Sean Finn and Declan Hannan as well, like that makes it all the more remarkable. Like they're players who weren't involved maybe in previous years or games, and, and they're just stepping up. That really struck me after, so especially after the semi-final. So I always I was of the opinion in the last, in the last definitely in the last four years that Limerick's half forward line were absolutely crucial to everything that we did in terms of retention of puck out, in terms of the physicality around the middle. And Tom Morrissey and Garode were like, you know, orchestrators in, in chief of the destruction around the middle third. Limerick were so dominant there for, I'd say, I would say the previous three years. This year, Tom Morrissey has been fantastic um, for the Munster Championship, really, really carried the line, I would say, when when Keane and Garode weren't doing so well. Uh, but, you know, it, it, to, for Limerick to find a way, they have, they have found a way in every single game when questions have been asked in tight games, uh, in games when they've been, again, six points down against Galway, they could have been nine points down uh, with a goal chance for Galway. Uh, you know, Kenny had two goal chances outside of the two that they got. Uh, Owen Cody flashed the ball wide in the first half. That could have gone to far post. He really did look sharp in the first half. You know, so they, they just, they're masters of finding a way. And this third quarter kick is 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 phenomenal to behold. Like, it's uh, like the talk about the power that they bring what Kyle Hayes and Dimmer Burns did from from the half back line was immense uh, in the 15 minutes after halftime, and you know just to, they, they continually they're like problem solvers. And, and John Kylie, now in fairness, he, he he's exceptionally humble and he defers a lot of credit to the players. But to be fair, the players are masters at finding solutions to problems, uh, finding a way around the, the the I suppose the strategies and the the different things that other teams throw at them, whether it was three around the middle at different times for Kilkenny yesterday or the same at Galway. Galway withdrew a half forward at the midfield, clutter it up. You know, just find a way. And Peter Casey, you know, what an arc to see him to complete that 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 kind of that comeback after his five point performance in 2021 against Cork and then to do his cruciate and then to come back and then five points from play in the second half yesterday. Like, you know, 
I, I always felt that with Hugh Lawler going to be on, on Galan, that we needed somebody else to contribute. Whether I thought it was going to be maybe Seamus Flanagan, uh, but Peter Casey looked like he was coming in the semi-final against Galway. Two points from play. Uh, and then, you know, what he did yesterday was like it was ridiculous. He, he, he threw Mikey Butler off him uh, on the Hogan stand and you know, on the move, floated the ball over. And he's, he's, not a, he's not a big striker, but he just, he, he, he was incredible. Um, and, and it was, again, different people have stood up at different times. It's truly a team sport. Um, but, you know, it, it, it is it, the 37 that Keen referred to. It, it, it's in, it, as a player and a former player, I, I know the training that they've done. I know, I know how important it is to, to have good, a good panel of players where you're, you're 17, 18, 19, on the on, on the B team, we'll say, and playing the A team or pushing them and pushing them for their places, keeping them honest. Uh, and and I know I know that with the under twenty successes that we've had in the last couple of years as well, that that does bode well for the future. And Carl O'Neill's impact when he came on, Adam English, you know, there, there's lots of guys. So uh, we're very very fortunate. Henry. We should talk a little bit about the first half because it, um, I actually think Kenny did really well. That like, if you were going to be drawing up a template for causing Limerick trouble it was being able to effectively have a short puck out which meant that you can then you know move move Limerick around the place they were hunting in packs they were absolutely voracious in appetite and application and uh, a lot of their players most of their big players were playing quite well they're getting Owen Cody into the game early and he's having success and that was maybe slightly different from the previous year they'd started well they hadn't allowed Garrod Hegarty to rampage through and score an all-time great goal. And um, and I thought, you know, some of the the passing that Limerick had in that first half in particular, the radar was just slightly off, the touch was slightly off. They looked a little bit flat, like almost lethargic, and maybe it was to do with the, um, the setup from Kilkenny, maybe it was to do with defending the wind the way they had to, and maybe it was just a little bit of like, okay... Let's wait and see exactly what happens here. But in the midst of all that, um, Keane Lynch's performance was as good, I think, in the first half as it was in the second half. And that's why I would have made him man of the match. It, we're, we're nitpicking here. But, Me too, no, 100% agree. Um, but, so, yeah, it's, it's just... Uh, so to your, to your point then about how Kikini made him uncomfortable, it, it, was, it really was the way Kikini set out their stall. Um, you could see a lot of the, you know, like... like Tommy, Tommy Walter referred to the short passing that, that, that Limerick do and that, that, you know, sometimes, you know, as a traditionalist, it's hard to watch. I find it hard to watch at times. Some of the some of the, the short passing they do around the middle, it does open them up to turnovers. And especially on a rainy day uh, and the elements against them, uh, you know, Kilkenny's presence, they, they funneled everything into the middle third. Limerick didn't get a chance to get out wide much at all. Uh, and even when they did, like Tom Morrissey and Kyle Hayes linked up for a ball before... Aaron Galan's first point, but they had to take they had to take three collisions before they could even deliver a ball to, to Galan, uh, and they did well. So so it really it was exceptional. Um, it was an ex, it was an exceptional execution of 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 going after the midfield uh, and, and half forward line. Now listen, if if you're going to do that against Limerick, you need to do that in the third quarter. Uh, it, it's more important to do it in the second half than it is in the first. As Galway so showed you Kilkenny showed you it's um, you know playing against playing against the breeze in the first half Nicky Quaid's pockets just weren't going to go uh, and unlike you say the previous previous two years where you'd see great like fierce movement in the Limerick half forward line it was very static really I noticed that so Dermot, Dermot, or David Reedy Keane Lynch 
Tom Morrissey and Giroud Hegarty, they were standing under puckouts uh, in the first half. And it's just, it's just not going to, you're not, you're not going to do that against quality teams. Uh, and then Kilkenny's set up for, for breaking ball. They won all the breaks, I would say, in the first half. So just, they were hungry. They were, they were physical. Um, they played really, really well. Tom Phelan, I thought, was exceptional. Um, really, really, I was really nervous uh, watching uh, his performance in the first half, particularly. He scored a super point in the second half as well. Um, but I suppose where where Keane gave us an anchor was his ability to retain possession. Like it's it's I don't know how I don't know how you describe his ability to get the ball from the ground into his hand in traffic in the messiest of situations. He's just a magician. Uh, and he did it yesterday at times, crucial times when we were really struggling to get a foothold. He was there on getting possession, taking tackles. He's the one man that, for Limerick particularly, was able to kind of navigate the the mess. The the point he set up for Tom Morrissey going into half time, where he was able to dance between five Kilkenny players, still get a hand pass over to Tom. Tom got the score and was three points down at half time. That was big. So you're only one score down at half time instead of being four points down or even six. Uh, as they were four minutes earlier. So, you know, I, I do think Keane is, is critical. His vision is next level. He gave Darrow Donovan scored a point in the second half to go three points up for Limerick. And Keane, he couldn't get up a hand pass to, to, to hand. There was just too many people around him. So he literally just flung it back 10 yards behind him to where he knew there was green shirts and split two Kilkenny players. And then Darrow was able to, to put it over. He, he it, in Declan's absence, I thought his leadership was 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 huge, uh, and it was necessary because Kilkenny were were really threatening to to to, to stretch away in, in the first half. Yourself and Jerry agree on Kian Lynch's man of the match. I think Peter Casey got the official uh, man of the match last night on, on telly. Uh, I think the Sunday game panel opted for Kyle Hayes as as their hurler of the year. Seamus, who would your your own pick for hurler of the year be? Oh, I think it's. So I think I, I think it'd be very I'd be very hard to take it off Aaron Galan. My, my I, I listen and I I love Kyle Hayes. I I love how he plays the game. I think he was again exceptional. I, uh, he's been a nominee for Hurler Deer I think twice in the last in the last four years as well. Um, but but when Limerick weren't playing great, Aaron Galan uh, from from the, all the way through the Munster Championship was exceptional. Against Galway, he was exceptional. Um, I, I don't know how you I don't know how you take it off of Aaron Glenn, uh, because he really was the, the, the like in a, such a tight monster championship. If Aaron doesn't play as well as he does, if he doesn't score the goals he does, uh, Limerick don't make it to make, don't make it out of that. So um, from a from a full year's perspective, um, I think Aaron. But but you know when you look at Kyle's performance yesterday in closing out his performance against Galway, you know he's a special special talent. Um, but you know, <laughs> if it's if it's a Limerick man at the end of the day, for me, it's it's, it's, a, it's a good decision. So. Yeah, um, Seamus, I, I I'm almost loath to ask this final question to you I, because everybody from Limerick was just enjoying the moment, and um, you know, uh, it's, it's very important that we do all slow down and take a breath. However, the team is so good; it's impossible not to think about the history and where they could go, and to just have a little daydream about. This might not stop for a while. So, what what's the ceiling? Do they are they chasing a five? Are they chasing the dubs? So there is no ceiling uh, because the reality is so Aaron Gillan is twenty six. Um, you know, Kyle Hayes is is, is twenty five. Uh, you know, a lot of the key figures in this Limerick team are nowhere near thirty. Uh, so, you know, the, the reality is that 
and I'll, I, like I'm, I'm guilty of being nervous uh, and and been slightly doubtful and and been kind of scared by Limerick history. And it, it was nearly too good to be true true for so long. And uh, you know, anybody that asked me before the game yesterday, I was I was nuts uh, because you know, again, Munster had been come so hard, and because we were we were being brought back to the pack in a lot of games uh, and playing to the level, I would say, of of the opposition rather than, than what we were capable of. Uh, and injuries, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I didn't know. I didn't see. I, 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 I didn't believe that that performance in the second half was possible against a team as good as Kilkenny. Um, so you know, when they produced, when they produced what they produced on Sunday, you know, it's it's hard. It's hard to to say that you know anybody's going to stop them until they're stopped. And that's one of the, I suppose, the most honest things I can say is, uh, until they're beaten, they're the best. Uh, and you know, for me. The, the the limit the limit is 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 is, is endless really uh, until somebody gets it together whether it's Kilkenny or whether it's Clare or whether it's Tipperary or Cork or Galway you know someone has to take them down and yeah. and, and Limerick have shown that they're very they're very adaptable so uh, it's uh, it's 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 uh, it's really it's good to dream Limerick yeah exactly enjoy the daydreams but enjoy the reality too because the reality is pretty awesome Seamus great stuff <laughs> thanks a million thanks man bye OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball.